decided I'm the best in my breed, so come to find me like the rest. I make it venomous bleed. Now I'm the highest true shit. I just been testing my speed. Road runners on the mission. No rest when I feed. Please save the excuses. I came for the bruises. I came here to prove it. Relentless with the game, I abuse it. I am the coldest with the shit. I own this. Stoic poet when I wrote this, flowing like the ocean. I'm transcendental with the mental. I beat the game up. Need a motherfucking sensu. Gold is the worth of every word that I'm giving you. The steeds are so provocative. I know that's just an issue. Iceberg flows need to get the kiss of chicken soup. Microphone check. Ooh, Bobby did the beat and fucked around and let the beast loose. Apex rhyming, so I'm always on my P's and Q's. Realist with the vision, so you know I always see it through. Koi. What's up, everybody? Co-host Nelson here. Today, we're having a special episode of Homies Lit. Um, We're just trying out this new segment here, and uh, we're really just um, chatting it up with aspiring artists. We're we're trying to shine the the spotlight on the up-and-coming and and really to get in-depth with them. This is sort of like the author's insights, but like before before the establishment. What's up, everybody? It's your co-host, Randy. So as Nelson told us, we're going to have a special episode where we have a guest. Um, he's actually my homie from college, and he's also a rapper. Um, so his rap name is Koi Fish, um, regular name, Armani. Um, but before we get into his introduction, um, I want to kind of introduce why or explain why we chose to feature a rapper for our first uh, special episode with um, a aspiring artist. Nico, cut that out. Um, so for me, I've talked about this before in the podcast. Like for me, hip hop is my primary artistic influence. Whenever I go back to, um, whenever I'm looking for inspiration, when I have writer's block or when I can't really move forward with a piece, I always go back to rap songs. Um, like for instance, my go-to uh, is, is Ohova by Jay-Z, particularly the last verse of that song. This is kind of that very stereotypical rags to riches story that you get in hip hop, but it's also extremely poetic, right? Like rap has, I guess, known for heavy use of alliteration for metaphors, similes, a lot of hyperbole. Um, But it also, I think a thing a lot of people miss from hip hop and rap is the emotional expression in it. Um, A person I always think about who kind of gets looked over for their emotional expression is Biggie, a notorious B.I.G. And a lot of his music, he talked about suicide, but people kind of push that aside and focus on other elements that are easy to criticize, like misogyny or violence or drug use, right? And then ignoring that these are symptoms of this system that's within these neighborhoods, right? Um, but another thing that was really interesting that happened while I was in college is Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize for his third studio album, Damn. And it was the first rap album, actually the first non-jazz or classical music album to win the Pulitzer Prize, which is, as we mentioned in the Oscar Wilde episode, the highest literary award you can get in the country. And on top of that, the next year, Bob Dylan, who's, people call him a folk musician, he's more multifaceted than that, but Bob Dylan won the Nobel Prize for Literature, and he's a musician, primarily a singer and a songwriter. So I feel like the door has been opening for music to be considered 
along the lines of poetry and as poetry, seeing as a lot of older poetry was meant to be recited, like sonnets, right? So with that, we're going to jump into um, our introduction to Armani, or again, as his rap name is Koi Fish. Want to introduce yourself, Armani? Hey, how you doing? It's your boy Koi, Koi Fish, aka Boy Fish, aka Boy Wonder, whatever you want to call it, multiple names there. And uh, yeah, Southside Chicago, we represent. All right, so getting into this, we want to talk, um, we kind of want to get into one, how Koi Fish got into rap, where the name comes from. So I remember when I first heard it, I was like, all right, like I, I never actually asked. I thought to ask, but I think I just kind of jumped into the music and ignored it. Um, but also what Armani aims to do with his music when he's creating it. So I'll let you kind of break that down however you want to. All right. So um, I got into rap, I want to say like sixth grade, because then we was doing a lot of poetry based projects or whatever. And that was when I initially made my first rap. Like I, I wrote my verse, I ghost wrote for a couple of the people in my group. We presented, we had the best project in the class. I was like, cool. From that point on, I was just writing. I got my seventh grade class and my that class was uh, like literature heavy because my teacher was like the main English teacher in the department. And so I was always just like top of the class writing my papers as far as like the imagery, the word diction, just where I take people and stuff. And then I still like go crazy as far as the purge too. So I kept that going and I was getting influenced by people like uh, Chance at the time, Childish Gambino, uh, Kendrick Lamar when he, uh, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, uh, a lot of Joey Badass, uh, MF Doom, Earl Sweatshirt, just going through a whole array of artists at the time. And I was just like, all right, I'm digging all of this. I'm learning, I'm taking it in. Um, got to high school and I was just, you know, the I was the the freshman at the table rapping in the morning, whatever. Like, it was a couple people in my school who's about it like that, and uh, I came across uh, this one guy named Uriel, and he he got on he got on with rap a lot. He wanted to like make a whole group, so he made a group with a couple people outside of school, and the name of the group was Goldfish Gang. Now, every uh, I forgot like what summer it was, but he was like, "Yo, I'm in the studio." You want to come through? I was like, sure. So I pulled up, um, like Flashpoint, Chicago, I think. Yeah, that's why I pulled up. And I, I go in there, it's him and his cousin. They just got the whole studio booth set up and everything. I'm like, okay. He's like, you got some? At that point in time, I had a verse ready. I, it was this old song I did over um, Dr. Dre's song, Deep Cover. So I had a verse for that. I just got in there and I spit that. First song recorded. I was like, I think I could do this now. And so it's part of being... Part of being a part of uh, Goldfish Gang, everybody has some sort of um, name pertaining to the sea. Like it was Lil Sushi, Big Flounder, Big Tuna, whatever, 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 stuff like that. I went, so I went with the name Tempest at first because I was like, I can't think of any any sea creature name or whatever. I just be a violent storm over the waters, whatever. Stuck with that for a minute, didn't really use it as much. And then uh, one of my homies uh, got me Koi Fish Chopsticks. Got me koi fish chopsticks. At the time, I had a koi fish phone case, too. So I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, hmm, I really like koi fish. That really works. It works. Koi fish is dope. You can't say much about it. Fuck it, I'm going to go with koi fish. And that was that was a switch. From that point on, that's all my name was. And then um, after high school, two tattoos in, I was like, all right, it's time. I found a perfect design, and I got a koi fish tattoo. 
And at that point, it was it was engraved. It's set in stone. That's who I am. And yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So um, for everyone who's listening, so every time I travel to a new city and I see a koi fish, like this happened when I was in Seattle. I don't know if you remember. It was summer 2018. And in the international district, it's kind of like a little Vietnam, uh, Chinatown, like Japanese area, right next to Seattle Central District. And they have these massive fucking koi fish, like on the columns that are holding up the expressway. And I remember when I first walked past it, uh, I just snapped a photo of it. And then since I've been getting kind of in the habit, like when I was in Madrid, I found the koi fish in Granada. And I'll just post it either on Instagram and I'll send it to Armani, like found my boy koi fish in this city. Uh, but it's kind of cool to see like, hey, uh, I, I didn't even know you had the koi fish tat. So it's kind of like, you know, regardless if you continue with rap, which I hope you do. Um, but regardless, like it's still, you're always going to be connected to that. And it's funny because, like, you're not the only one who's done that before. Like, every once in a while, somebody would just randomly snap you. Hey, I found you. Or just anything involving the koi fish. Like, people give me these things. I'm just like, this is great. I want this to keep going. Like, that's my that's my merch tag now. Yeah, I mean, it's good marketing. Free marketing, right? Just post that shit. Oh, what was the other question? So, I also want to talk about... Um, what you aim to do with your music like when you're creating it what's the goal behind it like what message are you trying to send okay initially um with most of my raps or like any of the drops i've done it's like specific phases so it's a matter of me um like kind of summarizing things like that's how i get a grip of of the reality around me a lot of things i have to like uh sum it up in whatever concept it is, I throw towards the rap. Like whether it's I'm feeling really good, I'm kind of depressed right now. I am the hardest rapper there is. You can't stop me. Or I just need to like, uh, or I just want to make something to make you feel this one specific emotion. Because it's like a lot of the time, it uh, my raps are either coming from just how I feel, or it's something I fantasize about, or it's like a feeling I want to. And that's what I'm trying to get towards a lot more now. As far as, um, yeah, it just goes down to that. Yeah, so me and Nelson, actually, yesterday, we were talking, um, we are kind of talking about, like, different ideas. We have, um, like, story writing, screenwriting, and we were, like, one good point that Nelson brought up, and I'll let him elaborate on it, but he was saying that one thing he feels like when he's reading a lot of um, these different books or like consuming the different media that kind of revolves around people from inner cities or people of color, marginalized populations, is that a lot of time, like there's just the recording of what happened, but not necessarily what needs to be done in order to get us out of these things. And you saying that um, sometimes you'll write about um, emotions or circumstances that you want to happen, even though they're not currently happening, things you want to feel, even though you're not currently feeling them. Uh, again, I'll let, I'll let Nelson elaborate on this, but I think it's a, it's a good connection that, like that's something I feel like um, is becoming more prominent in rap. Like someone I think about like Joey Badass with his album All American Badass, or Kendrick with, I mean, just about every album he drops, but um, To Pimp a Butterfly, I think really pushed that mold a lot and I think it's starting to become more prominent where um instead of just recording and relaying what's happening it's starting to push the message of this is what needs to happen in order to right. get out of this cycle right 
Yeah. So to touch on that, I with Randy saying, yeah, it is something I notice uh, whenever I'm like reading this stuff or like even if you know, man, you scroll through Facebook or some shit, bro, and you can see everything that's wrong with with where we are. You know, social media I mean? in general is everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, if that's all we consume, we should probably try to offer some solutions in there. You know what I mean? And when I look at all of this shit, man, I just, I look and everyone's like, we need justice and we need this and that. I mean, I get it. Right. But you know, when you were in school and you did some bullshit because you were arguing with someone and only you got in trouble for it. And right. you're like, Oh, well, what about him? What about that punk ass motherfucker over there? You know what I'm saying? He was in that shit too. Right. But what does that actually solve though? Right. We just want the other person to get in trouble with us or we want the other person to ha- get, you know, that that's justice to us when we're in school. Right. Right. So, and and of course, people are going to be like, well, why are you trying to compare the two? Well, fuck that. And it's, it's just for the You know what I mean? It's just so that we can put it down to terms and we can understand that it's it. That's the only way it's the same. The sobrieties are different. But how we are, I, in my opinion, of course, how we are addressing them is the same. Well, right. what about them? Okay, what about them? They know just as well as we do what the fuck is wrong, right? But what everybody's lacking, as it always seems, is the solution. You know what I'm saying? And right now we have that perfect time in, in, in the world and with everything that's going on uh, where we have a voice. And I don't know about you, but I feel like majority of our voice comes from this has happened to us for so long. I'm tired of it. We need everyone to just change and stop doing everything that they've been doing, right? Right. But what about us? What, what what are we supposed to do? Because if someone tells you to just do the exact opposite of everything you've been doing your entire life, what what are you, are you going to wake up tomorrow and be the exact opposite of who you are? It'll take a lot to just, like, completely change, you know, exactly. what it is you go about doing. Because, I mean, like, that's, that's a huge part of your being. And, you know, it takes a lot to change within yourself. A lot, a lot in the same sense that it takes less, but... It's, it's a spectrum. Exactly. And it's not even a huge part of yourself. It's your entire self. You right. know? And that's what I mean. I feel like uh, whether it's in music or like Randy said, what we're talking about with, you know, writing, uh, screenwriting, uh, again, music. I, I feel like what we what we want to do with this platform is to address, like you said, like you said you sometimes you you rap about things that you want to happen, right? We have this this notion where we talk about rewriting the narrative that could have been story, right? We talk about that in the podcast. And that's the thing that I really think about. Whether it's music or anything that we're doing, we need to start addressing what we feel needs to happen or should happen or documenting the actionable steps we are taking to change all the things that we are tired of happening. Because a lot of us, the majority of us, let's just say, based on what we're saying, right? I can't tell you how you feel, but I can tell you what, based on what people are saying is everyone's tired, right? right? But being tired is just the first step. Good. You're tired of it. What do we do from there? Do we complain that we're tired? I can tell you one thing. My mom complained about being tired her whole life. She's still tired today. And a goddamn thing changed though. Because she just complains that she's tired. That's what people do. I'm tired. This needs to change. All right. That right there. You know, when they say like the first step to um, to getting over a problem or an addiction is to admit that you have it. Okay. Right. So we've acknowledged that we have a problem and we're tired of it. 
we took the first step, but we need to continue to move after that. You know what I mean? And I think that's what, you know, rap and writing and just all the forms of art, that's that that's what we have. That's what we can do, especially if we plan it right and use the the momentum and we use the spotlight that we've been given because we we're given a voice right now that ha has more amplification than it normally does given the circumstances. And I don't know if you noticed, but it's slowly starting to trickle down again. Right. Yeah. And so if we didn't catch the top of the wave, people think, Oh, well, you got to ride it down. But if we, and this is obviously just speculation, of course, if we continue to work with it, we can put it to a level where maybe it's not as high as it was, but it's higher than it normally was. And we can keep it stable and slowly inch at growth because again, it has to be those steps. You know what I'm saying? Right. If we're continually, continuously moving progressively, slowly the spotlight will raise until a point where it just becomes the norm to have more awareness. Cause I feel like a lot of us talk about everything that's going wrong, but if you consume enough negative stuff, you just think, okay, well, this is so bad. This is so negative, but what good is that knowledge? If now you've believe you've convinced yourself that it's never going to change, you know what right. I mean? And I think, you know, I think it's a powerful thing whenever people are, um, addressing things that they want to happen because we're, uh, you know, we can all talk about our experiences and that's the thing. Our experiences are unique in their own way. And people who didn't grow up where we grew up, they're probably like these, these shocking, amazing, deeply rooted, detailed stories. Right. Right. But are they really that amazing and shocking to you or to me? We were just having a rain. I were just having a conversation with, you know, off record about you know the things that are happening with you know murders in the neighborhood i can neither of the three of us were shocked about that conversation now where are we that's the norm for us you think like look i had a conversation with um with a co-worker about this whole thing recently because he live in the suburb now of course I, well, I live in the suburb right now but like from the city and he was talking about like how over the weekend of the fourth a lot of people got shot I'm like, yeah, that's kind of normal here. Really? You like that? And, you know, that that took him a shock. Like, he was, you know, surprised about that because that's not something he experiences a lot. I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Like, whether it's, you know, the governmental offices, the neighborhoods, uh, what's put into the neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, everybody live a different reality. Yeah. And I feel like that's like, that's a thing about like that comes up in rap very often that people will love to criticize. And I mean, it, it's like, quick, for me, it's, really quick to criticize, like don't know where the person is coming from. Like as a rapper, as a rapper, I know what I mean when I say what I say on the mic, how other people take it though, how other people take it, whether they relate to it or they don't relate to it. They want to fantasize it and make it into a whole different narrative than what it is. I it was when I put it in my notes and decided to go into the booth and rap it. It's to them. It's up to their you know up. That's it's up to their um, discretion to 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 figure out what it is they want to get from that. Like, they just make it up. Yeah, and I do feel like there's a lot of like twisting of um, like twisting of voice. I guess we can say. Um, by media and just people who clearly like there are a lot of people who hate rap but it's also gaining like a lot of mainstream attention just kind of weird but like if you go into the suburbs you know you hear a bunch of white kids bumping like fucking 50 cent or some shit like and it's like so like i guess that's cool but of course that opens the door for perpetuation but beyond that though the thing i thought about was going back to kendrick lamar and the album damn um at the beginning of the album we did 
I can't, I'm trying to remember the song. It might've been DMA, but regardless, they take a Fox News clip where they yeah. reference the song, All Right. And they're saying, um, they quote Kendrick Lamar saying, and we hate the popo, they want to kill us in the street, for show, right? And they're like, you know, they quote it and they're like, you know, here he is uh, condoning and encouraging brutality against police, right? You take right. out just that little snippet of the song and you fixate on that, then of course you can derive a negative message from that. But like in the era of fake news, we know you can do that with anything, but that doesn't yep. make it the truth. Like, but I think people are so willing and just indifferent when it comes to the narratives of marginalized people because it fits the narrative that the country wants to spread, right? The, right. This is cohesive culture. And then there are these other subcultures outside trying to overtake this and hip hop has always been seen as a subculture that's trying to overtake um, broader American culture and society. Um, but on that point, I wanna transition into a question I had, which is, and when, so just context, um, again, me and Armani, we met at Cornell College, um, where I graduated and where um, he'll soon be graduating from. And he studies computer science and art history. Um, so I kind of wanted to focus on like the artistic element of hip hop. And we've been talking a lot about um, kind of subversing those narratives and shedding the light on the actual, not necessarily the actual um, problems, because they're not always problems, but the roots of hip hop and why you feel hip hop is the best means for you to artistically express yourself. So for that, because, um, you know, it's the, the spectrum for emotions that could come out in music is, is fully limitless. And um, seeing as that being a testament of, of me as a human, as a black person, as a 21 year old male from like, it, it's a whole lot of, um, what's the word for it? What's the word for it? Cause it's like um, all those cross, I just went over this about that, but it's like uh, all those word, uh, the crossroads that make, that make up who you are as a person the intersectionality or whatever. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it ties into that. But like if as me recording this or any other artist who recorded this, this is a testament of time as to like what it is we thought about and how we conveyed it through musical means. And that right there alone makes it at its core an art form because that's not something everybody can do. It's not something that like, like when it was first brought about, when somebody first thought about recording their lyrics like that, that be, that changed the game. And rap continues to do that generation by generation, year by year, whatever you, however you want to go about it. People are always breaking the bounds, the limits as to like how it is. You're going to get the message that they are getting across in the song through your ears, through your speakers, through your headphones, whatever. And um, regardless of what the message is, whether it's some, whether it's um, some good old fashioned violence, whether it's in street life, whether it's they want to put out a love song, whether it's they just want to do something that's like really up tempo, a party song, whatever. But it makes you feel. And so, yeah, it's magic in the music. Yeah, and I think like something um, that actually on this is book called the Hip Hop Yearbook, written by. Shea Sedano. And he does, he has a few books like this. 
Um, but this one, it's literally like from, I think it's like 1979 when the first like official rap song was recorded to, I want to say it was like 2013 or some shit like that, maybe later 2015. And it takes like what he considered the song of the year for each individual year uh, and explained why he felt that this song encapsulated the moment. But the one thing that really stood out to me was like literally right at the beginning, he talks about how the first people to put lyrics onto a track like that were actually were literally poets. Like there were a group called the Lost Poets or the Last Poets. We'll look it up and we'll put it in the bio, um, the description. But there were literally a group of poets that wrote their content based on um, they were influenced by the civil rights movement. And then they were writing a lot about what they were experiencing either in the Southern United States, but these guys I want to say were like Northeast based, like in the inner cities. So hip hop literally has its roots in poetry, right? So I feel like that makes it um, a pure art form. But I mean, also um, another song I thought of, which is um, another example of like a type of hip hop song is You by Kendrick Lamar from To Pimp a Butterfly. Like it's literally him explaining like all his internal demons and why he hates all these different things about himself and all the mistakes he's made and why he thinks he shouldn't be alive right i feel like for me that's one of the few songs that's just i mean it's just raw in all its emotion and it gets very deep into kind of the the demons that he's dealing with but without expressing them in a way that is considered stereotypical for hip-hop right like armani was saying the violence the guns the drugs the parties so yeah, that was just a segue I wanted to make. Kendrick always hits the always hits the note of of getting across those uh, those those vivid emotions. Hear me when I say that vivid emotions because it's something you can picture in the music, and that's something somebody like brought to my attention that I like um, have been creating environments in the music. So it's like sort of an oasis, or an escape, or a trip to um, how how the artist may be feeling. Like it's changing a lot more now. Like I, I know it's been prevalent as far as like um, the old school rap and everything, as far as uh, like effects or whatever they might have in the background, whether it be sirens or anything like that. But like, um, it's more modern. It's, it's, it's um, growing more and more. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. So for starters, you said the magic of the music. So I was on your Instagram earlier. Is that why you put that you're a magician? Yes. Yes, actually. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I'm like, is this the right guy? It's this fucking magician. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought that was funny. But uh, I have a question. You know, I used to ask this uh, when I would interview people for my other podcast. Um, with your work, if you had one impact, if for whatever reason, it it would just fall on all the ears the same exact way, right? Let's just say. If there was one one impact, like the universal impact you want for your work, obviously in this case it'd be rapping, but just if anything you aspire to do, if now the end of your lifetime, let's say you succeeded in the impact you wanted to make in the world, what would that impact be? And how are you using your current medium to achieve that impact? I wouldn't say empowerment. I wouldn't say empowerment, personal empowerment. That's what I want to say for that one. Because... Um, I had to realize this. It was a song I did called 37 Chains, 37 Chains. Now, at the time I made that, 
I was feeling some sort of way. And it's, it, it kind of comes along as far as like any of my reps. Like at some point in there, I say something about myself saying like, you know, I am top tier. I'm this, I'm that, I'm great. And a lot of people sometimes feel that they can relate to that. Like, I don't, uh, I've never had to to fully explain like the meaning behind any of the songs. Only people, only people I've really explained it to are the people I'm in the studio with when I make it, when I record it. And that's my, uh, my three rap, my, my three rap buddies, um, Ryan and Kair. And um, main thing I want to express is just personal empowerment because sometimes you need that, you need to have that boost. Like uh, if no one else has said, I'm a G, plain and simple. No one else will, will lift me up. It has to be me. If no one else going to say I'm good, I have to do it myself. And so I want to like encourage other people, like whether um, they're there, they feel like they're in the same boots as I am, you know, like when I'm rapping in the songs and stuff like that. Like, you know, we good. We in this together. Like uh, I try to reach out to people with that all the time. Like it's always positivity between me and other artists or even fans of mine when they ask, you know, where I'm coming from with this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. And I believe that, you know, like you said, like you always come with positivity. I, you know, I think anything we do is contagious, right? You know what I'm saying? So if we keep that in mind, if we could be positive, encouraging, and kind of just have that, that our best foot forward, regardless of circumstance, that's just as contagious as telling, you know, telling motherfuckers that they suck all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, obviously, to ask how you're using your medium. Obviously, like you said, you're, you're doing that through your music, which obviously is a powerful medium because like you said, it's straight to your ears, man. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers work out listening to music. They shower listening to music. They go wherever they're going listening to music. I, I could name a whole bunch of things that people are doing listening to music and very few things that people wouldn't want to listen to music uh, while doing. You know what I'm saying? So that's really a strong medium, you know, and... Uh, and it's also timeless. You know what I'm saying? We could reference, if we really wanted to, we could reference music way before our time. If, you know, if it really stuck with us and just like when we read these books, we read a lot of books that are like 30 plus years old and shit, you know, and um, they relate to our situations and they relate to the same emotions that we're feeling now. And the same goes for music. You know, like you said, when you were feeling a certain type of way when you made that music uh, in 10, 15 years, there's going to be a person feeling exactly the same way you were feeling and they'll resonate with that. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, you know, that is a, a, a powerful uh, choice. You know what I mean? If, if you could do one thing to empower the people, I mean, it can't get any, it can't get any better than that. You know what I'm saying? Because then that opens the door. Cause uh, one thing that I, I think of when you mentioned empowerment and obviously you could tell me if you agree or not, like, like you said, if no one's going to tell you you're good, if, 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 you know, it, you got to do it for yourself. And that's what anything, because if you want to do something and no one's there to support you, you still got to do it. Right. So just think about how that music can empower somebody to do something outside of the realm of music. Think about it, whether they're training or they're, you know, creating an app or they're just getting through school to become a doctor, a lawyer. It really just the empowerment comes from within. But by having that that sort of support and that nudge we empower people in all facets of life right and then it then that one single choice has so many possibilities for the world so if you think about it while it's only one thing in in definition it's going to have so many different impacts so you end up making so many different changes just by focusing on the one thing obviously in my opinion yeah it's a it's kind of a trickle down effect like that like 
back in high school, I made it a I made it a personal mission of mine to like, you know, every once in a while I see one of my many, many other um LaSallians, cause D LaSalle all boys school. So like it's a whole brotherhood. So it's like any and everybody that I mess with, you know, tell them good morning. How you doing? You look great today, bro. I mess with that. I mess with those shoes. I like that jacket. Just positive stuff like that because that goes a very long way. And you don't even know it. Like you, the the slightest of actions like that can really takes to really go a long way with somebody. And that just made somebody day. Now they they ready to take on the world. They finna take on this test. They finna go win the game later on and go crazy. That's it. All about that empowerment, man. Then I'm trying to get it my way Working on the mind state Racing across the highways I'm sideways You can smell the drugs Reeking on me Peeping homie I don't tote nothing But the grief that's on me On and on on my own With this basic shit Day to day I do and say All the same shit Complacent figures adjacent With my place And reggae emulating Tendulating Paydays with flaming vigor Vigorous vagabond Spittish like a cattle prod Frivolous tenements Nike fits and catalogs This that eat the spit Danger to your breathing bitch I'm too deceiving They believing I'm a demon Shit. Can't blame him, young bull can't tame him. You see, I'm attacking brands, I'm like six shots in the chamber. My rhyme schemes hipping the games of hopscotch. My thing is lyrically, my shit is top notch. Why cling to that shit that never really knocks? When well, you should get the vice in, cause I'm red hot. Sit back and watch the master easily cook. These batches of atom bombs that believe me just shook. Even the look would be like he was even reading the book. This fiend would hit these and make a leap what they took. Uh. Light another one, feeling like the bungee jumps. I'm fucked up, my men are low, I need to pick me up. Don't tell me about my wrongs, I bleed them out and stitch it up. Dancing with my demons on the tracks and watch them stiffen up. So on the note of empowerment and kind of the ability, because I do agree that music, and Bob Dylan actually said this in his Nobel uh, speech, like his acceptance speech, because he got a lot of shit. Like there were a lot of mixed reviews. Um, and the literary world, some writers were like, Okay, like if Bob Dylan can win a Nobel, does that mean I can win a Grammy? Um, I think they were, pers- I personally think they were just salty. But what he was saying though, he created this entire arc where he talked about how, again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of original texts that were written um, weren't considered literature. For instance, Shakespeare originally was not considered literature because he wrote these things for the stage. So people didn't read the plays, right? And similarly, um, Bob Dylan wrote his songs just as um, Koi Fish writes his songs for performance, right? It's oratory. But when people, what I do, at least personally, is I read through a lot of lyrics when, um, when I'm, especially when I'm listening to a song that resonates with me to kind of get, um, not just to catch all the words, because sometimes with hip hop, it's difficult, um, but also to see how it's written, the flow, things like that. But I do think that music and particularly hip hop um, you see this a lot with athletes. It's a means for self-empowerment. Like, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement after Kendrick Lamar's song drop, um, All Right dropped, they adopted that as the official, unofficial song of the Black Lives Matter movement. And people still play that shit to this day um, at protests. So they'll chant, we gonna be all right at protests. So really, like, it, it has, I feel like music has is very expansive reach. And I think because it's so expansive and it's so prevalent in not just our society, but in our lives in general. I mean, I, you know, any country in the world, I mean, every country I've been to, motherfuckers always got the headphones on and they're always vibing. But it's really, I think it's a way like you have 
in a song, you have this person's almost the entirety, the encapsulation of what they're feeling about this particular topic in this little pocket, right? It's like a capsule. And you only have to spend like three minutes listening to this thing, but it can completely change the dynamic, right? Like when before, every time before we record uh, podcast episodes, I listen to two songs, uh, one called Memphis by AG Club, which I sent to Armani um, last week. That it's very much a hype song. Like I listen to it, I'm like, I, I feel good. Because again, like I have, I've been diagnosed with social anxiety. So even like being in front of the camera, even though it's just talking to my brother, it's still like me acknowledging that there are other people listening. So it feels like everyone's in the room. But, and I listen to Izzo Hover by Jay-Z. Because again, there's a lot of mention of insecurity in the song. But a thing that's very prominent in hip hop is that even through the insecurity, it's painted as confidence, right? Like we all grew up in the inner city, yet a lot of our messages exude confidence simultaneously while talking about like the impending doom that exists for people like us, right? And I think what makes hip hop so clever is that it kind of flipped that. Like we could just be kind of, uh, we could be pessimistic about everything, but I feel like what hip hop does is it gives you that arc, like all this fucked up shit is happening, all this fucked up shit is gonna continue to happen but I'm the dopest dude around, so I'm gonna get through this shit. And like, sometimes I'm not even sure the rappers believe that. Like, even when I write shit and I kind of like uh, portray that aura and that persona, like, you believe it for a short second. And I think that's the most important um, thing about it. That's the most important lesson to get is that like, we're inevitably going to have all these insecurities because we've gone through all this shit and we constantly see people go through all this shit. But within those brief moments, you know, we get that boost of confidence, we get that solidarity. Um, and then it kind of, you know, it, it, it brings you back to a place where you feel like you can actually, you know, approach the world and, you know, conquer the things you want to conquer, um, which I think is honestly the greatest thing about hip hop and music um, as an outlet. That's all part of the rapper persona, really. Like um, a lot of people, for example, a lot of people say, I don't, uh, how I normally talk is completely different from what I sound like in the songs and stuff like that. And it's a matter of, as, as, as rappers, we're inherently narcissists. We're just always, putting ourselves ahead and shit like you know i'm cold as hell i don't care what's going on like 50 got shot nine times and he's still talking his shit to this day <laughs> that's the type of energy that all rappers kind of carry that's that's a perfect example of it so it's like but uh like like you said you come back to that point where you feel kind of not sure about it you feel kind of down but then you come back to having that solidarity that's just human nature as far as us uh like you know having the ups and downs because whether we like it or not shit don't happen but it's how you react to it yeah i agree with that i mean you know i personally i'm not much of a rapper or a writer but i um i do believe we all have a voice um and i spend a lot of time really just trying to emphasize other voices because i think that's where my voice is best used you know what i'm saying i believe um coming from you know the ghetto where we're from we always we can always think about how everything's stacked against us right you know what i'm saying it's just too easy it's it's handed to us uh i've i've never been one 
not that you know that I can recall anyway. Not, not back as far as my memory goes. That to really care much for what people had to say. You know what I mean? So I was very strong in my opinion, and I feel like that's that's clearly one of my strongest suits for myself. You know what I'm saying? Because even when everything stacks against me, I stand by what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I feel like I have uh, a solid voice. I won't say strong or powerful, not yet, right? Because that's what we're doing right now. We're growing this voice. But I've always had a solid one. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to say it. You're going to listen or not, but it's going to be said, right? Because if you're going to bring me down, that's cool. I'm saying what I'm going to say, though. You know what I'm saying? So even when I'm going through a tough time, my voice is my voice. You know what I mean? And it's only up until uh, now that I feel like, okay, granted, I'm doing all this stuff with, you know, homies of lit that I'm, I'm going to try and find out where I could do this artistically. But this is maybe my third or fourth podcast, like show that I've come up with. You know, this is the one that I'm doing the most consistently. But my voice has always really just been zeroing in on other people. You know what I mean? Because I feel like one thing, like you said, like, um, you know, you guys are always put like always ahead. Like no matter what the fuck happens to you guys, y'all, you guys are ahead. You know what I mean? Um, but not everyone's like that. You know what right. I mean? There's people who are, um, I, I interview entrepreneurs in my other pod. I haven't done it in a while, but they always put, they keep one foot moving forward, but they're in the, they're in the startup phase. You know what I mean? So they struggle with really excelling themselves when shit gets hard. You know what I mean? Because they, they don't amplify their voice and they're not amplifying their mission as much as they should be because of, you know, the same shit that we have, because they're all from Chicago, you know what I mean? They, they have the same struggles as we do. So they they feel like everything's stacked against them. They start to question their voice. They, you know, they get worried about what other people are going to say and what other people are going to do, you know? So I try to extract that that purpose out of them, right? Just so that they could state it, almost so, so that they can put it out there so maybe they can hear themselves and other people can hear themselves so that they can understand that what they're driven by not motivated by, driven by. It's the mission, which is why I asked you, if you had one thing to come out of this, what would it be? Because that should be the drive, right? If you're driven by the mission, you always push yourself forward. Like you said, shit happens all the time. Motherfuckers, you know, 50 got shot nine times. He's still running his mouth, but he's- He's talking his shit. He's still talking his shit all the time. That's that's the battery shit right there. Like, okay, um, we put ourselves ahead and everything like that, but like, I can say this, this applies to anybody who works, anybody who's worked all their life, anybody who's looking towards their work and everything like that, Randy and yourself. You put the battery in your back sometimes. Sometimes somebody else puts the battery in your back. Maybe it could be that one song you listen to that put the battery in your back. I'm trying to be the battery for everybody. I mean, of course, that's a taxing thing. That's a taxing thing. People say, like, you know, watch how you spend your energy and everything like that. Don't just give your energy to everybody. But it's like, as far as my boys doing that, I could do that. I'm fine, but I'm not like you know directly being that battery for somebody. You know, it's it's all intentional but unintentional in the same sense. Exactly, that goes to the point where where you know that's your medium. How are how are you using your current medium to achieve your goal? And you're doing it through music, so you don't have to put your direct attention to every person you come across because your music is going to touch the ears, right? Your music is going to touch those people, and the music is the battery. Right. So it, it, it has, uh, it can 
reach more people at once than if you just walk around really trying to just motivate everybody you touch and shit. You know what I mean? Right. So you don't wear yourself down in that aspect, but you still get the results and you arguably get them exponentially by doing it with the medium that you've chosen. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that's like kind of inherently like a hip hop rap thing, like going back on the um, ideal of like always putting yourself forward and rappers being extremely narcissistic and self-confident. I mean, 50 Cent, again, getting shot nine times. Like, you know, there's always like every rapper has um, these stories. And I think like, what the real message like that rappers try to portray. Cause again, a lot of it, like a lot of people know that rap is hyperbolic, right? Like we're trying to like overly exude these emotions to really sell this image. But I think like rappers really, they know they have to put themselves forward all the time because society is always going to pull them back. Like, I mean, when rap started really blowing up in the nineties, the FBI was tailing rappers. Like, I mean, it's the same shit that happened in the civil rights movement. Like, when the movement starts to pick up, like, the government's like, we need to clamp down on this shit. I think rap is unique in that it's, it's managed to, like, I think by, like, the government and, like, broader society trying to clamp down on it, it's actually made it a more powerful medium. And that's reached a lot of people, right? So, like, even if these rappers aren't as confident as they're relaying, right? Like, you know, there are plenty of rappers. I won't name any rappers, but there are plenty of rappers where people are like, we know he didn't do this shit he's talking about, right? But he's putting on this heavy front, right? It's like we have to, like, it just builds up this imagery because they feel the need to fit into this pocket, right? I think in a lot of ways, like, rappers who are this hyperbolic, and even the rappers who have gone through this shit, like, they portray this confidence in order to show other motherfuckers, like, this is the confidence we need yeah like to exist in the world like you know you probably shouldn't sell drugs and shoot people or join the game because i but did if you that feel like that by all means yeah exactly right like if that's if that's your kick then you know do this shit and i i hope you do well at it or at least surviving um but the idea of like you need to be the toughest motherfucker on your block on every block and you need to constantly relay that like that's like that i think is one of those things like it just it just links all the experiences i mean we've talked about in the podcast up to this point and even in our last episode on toxic masculinity um but yeah i do think that um hip-hop has really succeeded at like really pushing that self-confidence into people um, and, I, and like, I feel like it's coming out more now in literature, like whether we listen to Juno Diaz, he makes a lot of rap references throughout the book that we never mentioned. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Jesus, I fucked his name up. Lin-Manuel Miranda with In the Heights and Hamilton, it's probably the biggest pop cultural fucking sensation of the last century. And that directly incorporates all these different things with hip hop, right? And a lot of, we know that if you've seen Hamilton, you know that as Nelson said, like all the odds are stacked against him. Yet this motherfucker, like 50 Cent, just never stops talking. He just goes, goes, goes. He's like, I'm going to be able to write and talk my way out of this shit. And I'm going to be at the top where I need to be. And like, that's what you have to do. I feel like that's a very strong message that kind of um, comes out of rap. So to close out our conversation, um, I want to ask, our boy Koi, if you could list a few songs of yours that you think 
uh, give kind of like a well-rounded picture of you as a rapper and that people should listen to, what would those songs be? Okay, um, let, me, let me bring up a list because I, I don't remember them all by heart like that. Um, for one, I definitely say go check out Canadian Tuxedo because that right there, that's that real braggadocious attitude of mine that I bring sometimes. That's, that's, that's a brand of music I call mustache music. Um, that'll hit for you. Bump that hot boy anthem because, you know, Hot boys up are you long? You know we got it like that. We hot. Um, congratulations as a pick me up because that's where I got that um, that point that point from. Like no one else said it as me. So I was like, uh, shout out to my music homie shining in the limelight. Shout out to myself. I'm a said I'm a G. If no one else has said, then it's gotta be me. I'm a ride for all my dogs. I just hope we live in peace, hundred miles an hour, even if I'm on E. No matter what's going on, I'm keeping positive. I got to tell myself every time, every day, every second, you you, you it, you got it, you cold, keep it going. Yeah, those are three I, I recommend right there. The rest of, you know, I recommend the rest of the, the, the discography, of course. Y'all check that out if you want. I recently dropped this this uh, little tape called Hermit, the Hermit EP. I recorded all of that in my car. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and we're actually going to, um, for everyone listening, the score that's going to close out our episode after the conversation is done is actually the last song off the EP, Hermit. Yeah, guys, and we'll put all his information uh, where you can find him. Where can we find you, for starters? You can find me on all socials, as Instagram or Twitter, at uh, Koi Fish, at K-O-I-F-S-H-H-H. Three S's, man, three S's. Why did I say S? H's. There we go. Three S's because triple S is the uh, it's the label, but three H's, man. <laughs> and you also dropped a small EP called Triple S, right? Yeah, that was to start it off. Like, um, summer 2019, I was feeling some sort of way out. I came home. I'm like, all right, bro, we need to do some music. We finna get it popping this year. I don't know what, but I couldn't find no inspiration. So I was sitting with my homie in the basement, came across some samples. It was like, oh, yeah, this it. That's it. And then that was the moment right there. Reminded myself, I'm still cold. I'm forever cold. I'm going to keep being cold. I've been cold. First song on there, just a movie, just to like kind of spell out like, all right, you know, life is what it is, but it's all just like a movie. I'm just treat it like that because wherever it ends, wherever it begins, you're going to like it. And then um, second song on there, still got it. That was just me straight up barring up because got to let it be known. Like I'm cold, bro. Well, yeah, anybody who's interested in those, um, we'll be sharing um, several songs like on our Instagram story and probably on the feed as well, um, and on Facebook, like different links so you could check out different tracks. We'll definitely share the three that we're going to feature on uh, this episode in particular. So anybody interested, of course, give it a listen, share it with other people, play it at your fucking house parties, or if you're just chilling with your family. for the okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, shit, that's the shit I was on. Like, anytime you drop a new track, when uh, I was in Madrid for my Fulbright, I was like, fuck it, throw that bitch in the queue, you know? Um, send it out to motherfuckers. But, you know, just add it to their playlist. Because you know you can do that. You can. If someone shares a playlist with you, you can just add some shit there. So shamelessly plug a motherfucker, you know? If you feel like the playlist ain't popping, plug a Koi Fish song in there and get that shit juking. But, um, 
yeah, thank you all for joining. Thank you, uh, Koi slash Armani, uh, for the feature. Again, anybody who's interested in the music, we'll be sharing that in the description, the link to his Spotify and his iTunes. We'll also be sharing those tracks on our Instagram and Facebook stories. And again, most likely in the feed. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can automatically download the episodes. You ain't got to worry about searching for the motherfuckers. Um, and yeah, follow us on social media at Homies Are Lit, all our pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you want to contact us for an artist feature, um, if you know someone that you think might be interested, you can hit us in the DMs or at our emails, uh, Randy at Homies Are Lit, Nelson at Homies Are Lit at gmail.com. And yeah, peace out, y'all. At homiesalit.com, guys. Signing out. Can't call with a mink on. Ballad that resembles the Imperial March. That be my theme song. Finest denim with the vintage Nike sneaks on. Scheming on a demon in the cut with a beanie on. Uh, and I'm moving up some different shit. Cooling with a different chick and cruising in a different whip. Cooling when I flip the script, showing off the tire marks. Lawless in the game. High hands, I'm always popping off. Fakes talk an awful lot. Till they got that lot job. Smoking potent herb, dragging breath until my tonsils fall. Body high like the furnace, that's the sun in me. Ain't nobody sunning me. I crease them like some dungarees. It's third degree when I got that fucking denim on. Pull up to the function, all black. I got my venom on. Full set. If you ask, then it's ten or more. Hit the stage, pass out, drop the bars, then I'm gone. Park the whip inside, vessel with the gems inside. At the table, eating lamb in my crimson slides. Ryan said I'm the illest, he ain't never lie. I run the game back and forth like a suicide. Cold hearted since the game started. Pro series type shit when the game mob and danger zone. Kenny Loggins, Italian dealing with the moccasins. Rock the fur coat in the winter. I got options, stupid. Oh, <laughs>